0: Ballistic Sports and Foundation Physiotherapy present Out of the Park with Barry Davis. Follow Ballistic on Twitter, at ballistic underscore sports. This week, we talk with Dalton Pompeii about the bumpy road he had with his hometown Blue Jays.
1: I wasn't seeing uh, the response from the team that I thought that I deserved. And even when I played well, it wasn't enough. They'd give me an excuse, and then I'd be like, OK, well, why am I doing all this stuff for nothing? And like. They're not going to trade me. They always say they're not going to trade me, but they're not going to give me up for free. And like, <clears throat> excuse me, a bunch of stuff just happened. Um, and it really, it really just broke me down. And uh, it took years, honestly, it took years for me to get over that and start to move forward. And I finally felt like in the last couple months that I was, I was able to have some breakthroughs and, and um, you know, move forward with my life without looking back and without thinking like, what if?
0: And now... Here's another man who might have a thing or two to say about how Rogers handles things. It's Barry Davis.
2: Whoa, are you trying to get me in trouble, Tom?
0: Are you, you trying try to get, to in get me in trouble? Well, how, what, everybody thinks you can get in trouble, but you don't work for Rogers anymore. How can you get
2: in trouble? Oh, that's right. They work for me. They and do. By, and speaking of, how about those rates that we're paying right now, right? How about <laughs> that? <laughs> How about how Highest in the paying? world, Barry. Highest in the world. We should be proud. What I'm paying per month. Because we got to pay for all those Toronto Blue Jay players. This is why. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're not paying for the spring training broadcast. That's another story for another day. Welcome to the program, folks. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, we are going to be joined by former Toronto Blue Jay Dalton Pompey, And uh, he has some pretty harsh words to say about the organization and the way he feels he was treated during his time. Many of you will agree with them. Maybe some will, won't will agree. And that's why you've got the option of listening and watching the program. If you're listening to Out of the Park, you can now watch Out of the Park each and every week on YouTube. So go to Out of the Park on YouTube. Just kind of Google it. Out of the Park Google on search. YouTube.
0: Yeah. Out of there the Park go. podcast on YouTube. It pops Perfect. right up.
2: There you go. And then all you got to do is subscribe. And it lets you know when new episodes are up. You don't have to pay a penny, folks. That's it. mm-hmm. It's free. Uh, we're going to have a pretty in-depth ch- talk with Raj Sapaya this week. And the reason why is because the Blue Jays have got a whole ton of injuries. And we don't go through all of them, but we will go through some of them with Raj Sapaya. Uh, and up next, well, we won't touch so much on the injuries with the Blue Jays. But I tell you what, Thomas, as we get closer and closer to opening day, I'm starting to get more and more excited about what this Blue Jays team has to offer. There's Tom Forth, I'm Barry Davis, this is Out of the Park. And the first pitch is brought to you by our pals at BallisticSports.com. Ballistic Sports, Tom, you know the drill. I'm going to dig up the board game so people can see it, and you're going to describe what they're about to see.
0: Coming at you, hopefully for the start of the baseball season, or maybe shortly after, we have the world's first interactive sport board game adventure. Basically, Your goal is to play alongside as you're watching live sports. You can watch simulated sports. They're even going to have apps out. But you're watching your baseball game. You try and guess what's going to happen next. Based on how good your guesses are, you move around the board and dominate the people you're enjoying the game with.
2: And speaking of dominating, that may be something, Thomas, we see with this Toronto Blue Jays team in 2021. Yes, there are injuries, and we will speak of those with Raj Lapaya when he joins us. I never like to take too much into statistics in spring training, specifically if there is a proven veteran player that is struggling somewhat. I don't don't worry about struggles. I am happy when I see successes, though, and here's why. Players who are struggling during spring training that are confident players that have put up the numbers year after year, are usually just working on things, and it's not a big deal. But if you're a player that has had struggles throughout your career, then you go into spring training and you have a great spring, that could definitely give you that boost confidence-wise to get yourself off to a good start. And I mentioned this guy's name a couple of weeks ago, Tom, but I think Jonathan Davis, even more now than ever, with the injury to George Springer, I almost would say he's a lock to make this team out of spring training.
0: Oh wow. You know what? There's a lot of people pulling for him. A yeah. lot of people pulling. And you know, it's it's kinda of, it's kinda of crazy right now. I, I'm I've got to admit I'm kinda of dazzled by just the sheer number of injuries that have rolled in. So I'd I'd like to thank you. It's starting out with something. you know what? I, I hadn't given enough thought to exactly how good a spring he has. And I mean I'm looking at his numbers now. And There's cause for hope there amidst the wreckage.
2: (laughs) What I think he adds to this team that they don't have is that speed. I like the fact that if he can find a way to get on base, whether it take a walk or or a single, whatever, he's good to steal second, steal third. He's a guy that can come in in games late as a base runner. I think that you're going to have an ex- because you're going to have an expanded roster anyway. I think he's definitely someone that will be a really, really good fit in there. Uh, yeah, there are guys struggling. Rowdy Telez has been you know hitting under 200 and it's had a hard time getting going. Lourdes Goriel is not off to a, a, a good spring. Uh, Randall Grichik is hitting barely 200. I'm not worried about any of that right now. I focus on the players that are really going to be impactful this year, and to me, there are so many eyes that are going to be on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And Mm. specifically, you know, it's so funny because you'd think, okay, so he's lost some weight. That's good for him. That will take some of the pressure off. But in fact, that probably will put more pressure on him because now folks are going to look at him and say, okay, he's lost the weight. This better make a huge difference.
0: Yeah. But so far, the early results are absolutely overwhelmingly positive. And, you know, the, the one thing about this team that I keep seeing is they're knocking the ball out of the park well over a hundred miles an hour. And, and Vladdy has is, is really led the charge in the early part of the spring. And it's been, it's been fantastic to see. And, you know, not just Vladdy, but Bichette is looking great. And for the guys that aren't looking great, I mean, how many people do we talk to that, you know, if, if you're a player and you're working on a specific mechanic during spring training or going through a specific part of your mechanics, you know, you're not expecting the results. And, and so for all the guys that are doing bad, that'd be a great, you know, if reporters could ask the players questions directly, that'd be a great question to ask. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on here? Are you working on a, a new leg kick this year? Are you, you know, is that why you're hitting 180? And, I mean, really changes the concern level for the
2: fans, right? Yeah, and again, I don't think the fans should be concerned about any numbers right no. now. Don't be concerned about any numbers. This is a lot lot of players working things out. Uh, I think there is also a big question on who will now be the Blue Jays' closer. In my mind, there's no doubt about it. Jordan Romano should be getting the ball, and I know that he has, when he's earned it, he's pitched incredibly well during spring training. I don't see any reason why you can't give him the ball out of the chute. You can say, well, he's really young and yada, yada. Well, you know what? So was Roberto Osuna when he was given the job as closer. I think Jordan Romano had an opportunity to prove himself a bit last year. He's carried it over into spring training. I think he's looked absolutely deadly at times from the few games that I've seen him in during spring. To me, he's your your closer.
0: Absolutely agreed. Um, He was the most dominant pitcher in Major League Baseball last year before he went down to injury. And he earned the Jays starting or sorry, closing role last year before he went down to injury. So, you know, when Yates went down, I, I'm not sure why that isn't a no-brainer. You know, he mm-hmm. should, if he's having a good spring, which he is, if his, you know, if his mechanics are looking good, if his results are looking good, I don't know why they wouldn't give him the ball for the closer role.
2: I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's, we always agree. We need to disagree on something, Tom. We need to get into okay. a battle over something.
0: Okay, I'll, I'll, I, you know what? I am very concerned with the injuries piling up so quickly with our pitchers.
2: Well, yeah, they they are adding up. I think that if you look in hindsight, and, and it was a, a really interesting argument. I don't want to get too deep into it, but, you know, some people were bringing up, well, the Blue Jays maybe should have looked at adding Roberto Osuna. Well, regardless of how you feel about Roberto Osuna off the field, the fact is, he hasn't pitched much. He's been injured. He held his own workouts for other teams. Uh, teams were not lining up to sign him. To me, the guy that I think the Blue Jays really missed out on is a guy that was on this show about a month or so ago, and that's Liam Hendricks. He wanted to come back. Uh, it would have been a great fit, but it just didn't work out for you know what the Blue Jays... Didn't seem to like the Blue Jays were all that interested in bringing Hendrickson oh, yeah, Hendricks in back. Hendrick.
0: Hendricks. Hendricks. And I mean, looking at how things turned out with Yates, that's an interesting decision, right? It's definitely one that could leave a lot of people scratching their heads. Um, But, you know, it's something I think we've talked about a little bit on the program too, is that more and more these teams are trying to go with rotations and, and pitching, or not even just rotations, but pitching staffs that are more interchangeable. Lots of small inning people, and, you know, we don't have like a, We don't even have a starting five right now because of injuries. uh, As we're recording this, I believe Robbie Ray has just been scratched from his first start of the season. They've made that Mm -hmm. official. So, you know, we don't even have a starting five. The Blue Jays don't even have a starting five.
2: That's all right. And we've 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 explained this, Tom. Right. You're not the journalist. You are. You are the you come at us from the fans perspective. So you keep calling the Blue Jays. We you speak Mm -hmm. for the fans. Okay. don't ever be ashamed of that. (laughs) Well, you know what?
0: I'll never speak for the fans, but I will speak as a fan. How's that? Okay, I work. Works for me. All right. Well, I'll still try and get more professional about it. (laughs) Anyway, no. But um, you know what? It's we've talked about it on the program that you know maybe that's where the Jays were leading this year when they didn't go out and get starters when they got guys like Yates instead of guys like Shoemaker. And so maybe they were leaning towards going with more of a, a patchwork pitching staff. And if that's the case, then they're probably not even that worried about these guys going down.
2: Are we'll you? See how it plays out? <laughs> are you disappointed, or do you disagree with the signing of Kirby Yates, knowing that he's had these issues before? Because this was a gamble, and they knew going in that there was a a, a chance, a pretty decent chance that something was going to happen to him, and it did.
0: So, okay, so I love the gamble. Uh, we had AA on a couple of weeks ago, and you know what? In 2013, he gambled and lost. In mm-hmm. 2015, he gambled and, and almost won. And, you know, that's what I want to see out of my management. That's what I want to see out of uh, out of the sports, you know, out of the guys running the Jays. And so I wasn't, you know what? Obviously, they, they knew the risks. They took the risk. They lost on the risk. That's, that's one thing I, I would have thought again, though, I'd have rather seen them swing and miss on a starter than a reliever, knowing that we had Romana, um, that would, that would be my problem with it is that I'd have rather them gone for the starter in the first place,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but in terms of swinging and missing on someone, you know, we could argue risk reward all day, but I like to see a team making big moves. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe in the future they won't be so quick to sign someone who's already been turned out by a couple teams and has questionable elbow things. But
2: Well, what has know. happened with the Blue Jays injury-wise is probably good news for a guy like Trent Thornton because you look at the options, right, as far as other guys that could start. Anthony Kaye is definitely one of them. I mean, Francisco Liriano used to be a starter, but these guys are all lefties. Ryan Barucky, another lefty. Like, where are the right-handed pitchers? Trent Thornton is one of the few guys fighting for that spot that's right-handed. That may help him. I've seen Blue Jays staffs with one or even no lefties, but I don't remember the last time I saw a Blue Jays staff that had more lefties than righties, and that there's a very good chance that's going to be the case this year.
0: You know what? It, it, that's Blue Jays, right? It's
2: They always had the one lefty, right? Yeah. for Jimmy Key or... You had Jimmy Key. You had uh, Boomer Wells there for a while. Boomer Wells, yeah. Right? You had Ricky Romero. Right? So another concern with the Toronto Blue Jays, and I, I, most people will say it's it's not a huge concern, but I, I wonder, and I want your take on it. As we know, the Blue Jays will be opening this season in Dunedin, Florida. They will then be moving to Buffalo. It's looking now like the chances of them coming to Toronto are pretty slim this year, and, and it's really disappointing because this will be two straight years without a, a home game for the Toronto Blue Jays. They are going to be familiar with the ballpark in Dunedin. They'll be familiar with the ballpark in Buffalo. But they will, okay, and again, I'm just t- stating the facts and you tell me what is uh, going to be a bigger issue. A, that they're not playing in a legitimate, full Major League ballpark. Buffalo's a beautiful ballpark, and Dunedin's a nice ballpark, but those are not major league facilities, okay, number one. Number two, they're not going to have Blue Jay fans. They'll have some fans in Dunedin, but I'm talking about true blue go-to-50 games-a-year-at-Rogers-Center fans. They won't have a game like that. They open up in Arlington, Texas, where on opening day, there's going to be over 40,000 fans there. And that's another story, and that's another argument for another day. But of those two disadvantages, Tom, which one do you think is going to be more of a problem or more of a disadvantage for the Blue Jays? I
0: think the good people of Buffalo are going to surprise an awful lot of us up here in
2: Toronto. And I think they're going to show up, and I think they're going to support that team once I they hope get so. to Buffalo. and and so. And sh- we can't even cross the border to go. Maybe if we fly to Buffalo, we could go see a Jays game. Because you can fly anywhere, right?
0: Well, yeah, but uh, I don't think the problem is getting out of Canada. The problem would be coming back in. And so, like, right now, the government of Canada, it's a two-week quarantine for everybody coming into the country, so that would mean every major league team that came here to play. So that right. just makes it, like, we're so far from being ready to, to, to launch. Like, you know, the safest statement I could ever go out on a limb and make, there will be no baseball in Toronto this year. Yeah, It won't happen. I agree. With you, you know, COVID's taught us that anything can happen, but I think this is a pretty safe bet. We're just, you know, we're too far in Canada um, from being that
2: open, and, you know. So we are urging the, yeah. residents of Buffalo to please go support the Toronto Blue Jays this year, make some noise, be, be that support system that they're not going to have in Toronto, they're not going to have any nights of 30,000 fans. And I know there were kind of few and far between the last couple of years. But with the excitement, I would think the Jays are going to draw some pretty decent crowds if they were playing in Toronto this year. And there wasn't all the worry of COVID and all that. But Buffalo, we need you. We And I know, I know we have listeners in Buffalo and now viewers probably too. Please, you know, go out there and support the Blue Jays. Cheer them on. Make some noise. Make it tough on the visiting team. So
0: let's go, Buffalo.
2: Yes. So do you think that there is a concern with the fact that they're not going to have uh, a home ballpark, a proper major league home ballpark? And again, what's the difference between a major league stadium and a minor league stadium, you ask, other than the fact that there are fewer seats in a minor league stadium, right? Uh, A lot of times the lighting is slightly different. It's not as powerful. They don't have the same kind of amenities in the stadium. They won't have the same amenities in the dugout, in the clubhouses, uh, as far as workout rooms. Maybe they build something. Maybe they find a way of, of getting something that replicates what they have in Toronto. Try to get as many of those things as possible. But you want to have every advantage that your home park would have. You need to make sure that they have that in Buffalo.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I know they did a great job of that last year. They got the lighting up to grade before they went up and started playing. And... You know, Buffalo did do you remember they did a fantastic job with that stadium. I've been to Bison's games. I love going down with my family to Bison's games before COVID. Um, it was you know, my my my, my, my youngest son got to be the the play ball kid and that's play ball. Like they put on a great cool. show.
2: Yeah they're a
0: baseball town, and you know what? I think they're gonna rock it this year. I think they really are. And and I'm not that's not gonna upset me. It's gonna warm my heart to see it you know, to see people supporting the Jays because we're up here. We'll be supporting them,
2: but it'll be nice to see it happen live. <laughs> and, and, and that opportunity is going to come real soon, at least to see them on television because we're getting really close to opening day. I'm really excited. I really, really hope that we don't see a number of, of COVID shutdowns in, in games like we did last year where players are testing positive. Let's hope that the players are in some kind of a, a proper bubble now. Uh, I, I, I've i heard conflicting reports about when players are going to be vaccinated, and that's another argument for another day, because if the players are vaccinated, then some will say, why are baseball players being vaccinated when there are, there are seniors out there still waiting for theirs? So, again, in the world of sports, there's always certain things that they will get medically that the rest of us in the world have to wait for, whether it be an MRI or, or now a vaccine. So, we'll see how that all works out, but it is coming soon. Blue Jays baseball. Oh, cannot wait. Uh, who's <laughs> going to be ready to play for the Toronto Blue Jays? Well, we're going to address that next with Raj Sapaya. There is Tom Forth on Barry Davis. Stay tuned, folks. Coming up, a very canon Dalton Pompey will join us here on Out of the Park.
1: Foundation Physiotherapy presents
2: The Medical Room. Joining us is our good pal Raj Sapaya from Foundation Physiotherapy. Four locations, if you include the online location. Raj Sapaya, welcome to the program. Tell us where we can find you. Well, not right now, literally, because you're right there.
3: (laughs) I'm I'm right here staying in Toronto like our boy Kyle Lowry, number seven.
2: Ah, I see you sporting that Raptor jersey. And next week, we're going to get into a little hoops talk. But uh yeah. first, real quickly, before we get into this blue Jay injury yeah. woes. Uh, where do we uh, how you feeling yeah, about have, all that?
3: Good, good, good. It's, it's great It's great to see uh, it's good to see the 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 franchise icon stay and not get traded away. Um, and if you know if he does leave in free agency, at least he'll leave on his own well, which is nice.
2: All right, excellent. Okay, uh, things have not been so excellent for the Toronto Blue Jays so far in spring training. Just a myriad of injuries. And the first one and most concerning one is Kirby Yates, who's supposed to be their closer this year, who's already had an issue with Tommy John surgery uh, in the past. It's going now for a second Tommy John surgery. Uh, What can you tell us a little bit as far as what what happens to the elbow that requires Tommy John and what kind of rehab are you looking at these days?
3: Yeah, so Tommy John surgery is a specific procedure. I think you almost only see it in, in baseball pitchers. Right, uh, it's just it's, it's the way they, they move move their their arm and the amount of force that gets torqued through their elbow. So there's a there's a little ligament here on the on the inside of our elbow. It's called the ulnar collateral ligament, the UCL. And uh, Tommy John surgery is done to essentially repair that that ligament after a, a, a tear. Um, you know, most of us will never really go through that kind of tear in that ligament because we don't really overuse our elbow in that, in, in, for that kind of force. The pitchers, the way they torque, the way they throw, there's just a lot of force that goes through there. Um, and so over time, the, that'll get torn, or there could be some small micro tears in there. And so Tommy John is when they go in to repair that, that ligament, just like they would repair an ACL or something, but they'll repair it in there.
0: With a tear like that, something that, you know, one, one of the former Blue Jays players, R.A. Dickey, uh, was well known for, you know, he had signed this great contract, uh, he'd been drafted, and then when they did a physical on him, they realized he didn't have a UCL. Oh, so enough, yeah. he he was able to go and pitch, um, you know, for, for years, basically, like right into his 40s, without a UCL. Yep. So I've, I've got a, a, you know, a medical professional here and I've always wanted to ask, they, they repair it generally with Tommy John surgery, but is that an option potentially to just take the whole thing out? Well, yeah. So you need
3: something that creates stability, right? And a, think about ligaments as little ropes that hold our bones together, right? But however, there are bigger structures above the ligaments that hold our bones together, which is muscles, right? Um, so if you have enough musculature around the elbow, or even if you were to change your mechanics, so let's say now you're gonna power through your shoulder, you could probably get by by not having to do uh, a Tommy John surgery. Uh, it just depends on whether you want to change. There's a lot of people that will tear their ACL, for example, in their knee, that choose not to get their surgery because they just change the way they move or they, they strengthen all the other muscles around it. We also have other ligaments in there, Tom, that can help support the elbow. So. I think part of it is just this managing maybe the age of the player, uh, how much more years they might have left because rehab, you know, just think ACL in a soccer player or a basketball player, it's good. It's like a year and a half before they come back. So same thing. You know, if, if a guy goes in for a UCL surgery, a Tommy John surgery, it's a year and a year and a half. So they've probably got to weigh all that out uh, to decide whether he wants a surgery or not. Um, but I would say most players probably will go for it uh, just because it, it just, you know, even if you're strong, plus you have this ligament, It's just going to give you
2: that extra push. Raj, for the most part, if somebody has Tommy John surgery, they're good to go and they don't have any other issues along the way. For Kirby Yates, this is number two. Jason Fraser had it three times in his career. Any idea why it would be? Is it like if you... You know, say you drink a lot and you have a bad liver, you have to have a liver transplant, but then you start drinking again, you could do the same damage to your liver. Is it the same thing, type of thing? You're like, yeah, your, your elbow is as good as new, but if you continue to throw a ball at that way, you're at as just as much risk to suffer it as someone who's never had it before? Um, so,
3: yes. What's going to happen is there's, a, of course, a higher chance that it can happen again because you're going to go back into the sport and Do it again right uh so So for sure sure, it, it can it can keep repeating itself however there are lots of ways to prevent it uh and i think where that comes down to is in that initial time off if they spend a lot of that time off strengthening the heck out of it and really working on preparing it you know guys a lot of it is just how the pitcher chooses to use his arm so if he decides to maybe less torque through the elbow but torque more through the shoulder or the wrist he might be able to put less strain through through the, uh, through the elbow. So it's all going to be about the rehab. They're going to work well with the therapists and the trainers. Um, part of it's going to be on a prevention program as well because they don't want, you know, the teams nor the players want to be going back through these procedures again. So, you know, there, there are ways to prevent it, but, you know, there's likely a, a higher risk of recurrence in, in, in these athletes for sure. So
0: what is his chance now, coming back, back from a second, second one? Point, is this, this going to be, be a much, much- Harder recovery, or is it is it the same like each time they go around is it you know a year and a half or or, or what to recover and you know then hopefully the same or does it get harder every time
3: uh, I mean I, I would uh, athletes are, are, are a little bit different than the rest of us right they they are they are built stronger they have access to a lot of awesome training facilities and and they're able to rehab you know better um, so I'm, I'm going to say it's probably going to be the same, um, but, you know, again, an older, an older athlete, a more worn-down body, the chances are it might take longer to, to recover, or there's just going to be other issues in there later, right? Uh, it might not be something that might happen with his elbow, but maybe something else happens somewhere else, because it can be in the shoulder or wrist. We see that happen a lot, like in the lower body. Somebody has a knee surgery, but then their ankles go and their hips go later on. So it, you know, or it goes on the, you know, it's hard to say really to be
2: honest Raj there's a lot of elbow issues going on with the Blue Jays right now Robbie (laughs) Ray his is not as serious because he doesn't need Tommy John he literally was was playing with his kids carrying his kids and he fell and landed on the elbow is there the possibility of doing damage to an UCL because of a blow or is that completely like the only way you can really tear your UCL is by that motion
3: yeah, I doubt it because, the, I mean, there's, you know, he would have to land right there on the, like, he probably landed more here or here, right? Um, it rarely do you land there, but also, in order to tear a, a ligament, there's going to have to be some sort of, like, snapping or some sort of force that's going to rip it, right? So, um, it, there has to be that, that, that rapid movement, I think, over time. So, I, I doubt that he's got a, you know, he's got a UCL injury. It sounds
0: like from the reports, it's a bruised elbow and he'll probably be back at it
3: in a a few weeks.
0: That'll be a much better outcome. I know, uh, unfortunately, Kirby Yates, uh, we barely got to know him. He's got a year and a half full of recovery now, at least, and a one-year contract. But hopefully Robbie Ray will be, you know, back up and running. Is there something when you get a bruise like that that inhibits your motion? Are there, are there tricks that you can do to, to sort of increase that motion and increase your ability to perform before it's fully healed? Or is it safer just to wait until the pain's gone?
3: Oh, no, no, no. There's lots of ways. This is what, the, that's, what that's what the pros do, right? Uh, they, they don't wait out. You can speed up the, the, the healing process by the right tools, right? So increasing blood flow via the right, um, you know, like there's certain types of exercises that you can do to get blood flow back through the back back through the area that's bruised Um, there's going to be that initial period like the the first two or three days in which you're going to have to wait but after that you're going to want to start that healing process right away a lot of people a lot of us might just be like it's bruised let me just wait weeks right but the moment after the you know with the medical professionals they have with our team the moment that acute inflammatory phases down you know that redness the hotness once that goes down they're moving that elbow right away Uh, they're going to do basic range of motion stuff, get the blood flow, because the more blood flow you get, you're wearing out, you're you're preventing scar tissue. Uh, He's probably going to be in the gym, you know, just conditioning quicker. Um, And he's probably on on some, you know, treatment that's going to help work on the pain so he can focus more on range of motion. And that's really what inhibits a lot of us is because of the pain, we don't tend to move or tend to lift weights. But, uh, you know, if even through regular therapy, through most of us, that's why we go to therapy is that, If we we can can find find some way to to reduce pain, then we can increase movement, right? Right. And so uh, that's why we always recommend everybody to go through therapy because you don't actually have to be in pain. Once you can find ways to reduce pain, you can actually start your range of motion process right away.
2: Raj, we could talk all day about Toronto Blue Jay injuries, but I do want to touch on one more before we wrap up, and that is George Springer, who is suffering from the, uh, the one that so many have, which is the oblique injury. And is the oblique injury again one of those ones that you get by overextending as opposed to a specific trauma to that area
3: uh yeah i I think again oblique it's such a big muscle group like think about think about the oblique muscles right they run kind of alongside of your abs um i have rarely seen a traumatic injury to the obliques Um, i think in case in this kind of case it's more of like one of those repetitive strains just from a lot of torquing and twisting and maybe under training or not enough stretching or maybe not enough hydration or there's something in, in that, that caused the muscle to be tight, a lot more repetition and the muscle just, you know, doesn't agree with, that doesn't agree with you and creates a strain at that point. So, you know, again, probably a good recovery on that chance, but you know, there's a lower chance that it's torn more so that it's strained.
2: Well, Raj, the good news for me is that there's a very little chance that I'm going to pull a muscle because I don't have very many of them. (laughs) So that's good for me. Uh, Raj, you, on the other hand, you're just loaded with muscles. So uh, I'm sure Uh you're twisting and pulling and turning all the time. Thank you so much, Raj. And we'll keep up to date with uh, the Blue Jays' injuries throughout the season with you.
0: Thanks, Jay. Bounce to the right side. Throw comes home.
1: Here's Pompey. Of course, but I think Pompey's in the right. You got to take him out. He's still on the plate. He's engaged to the plate. We got to take him out. I thought it was a clean play. He wants the umpires, Jeff
2: Manister, does to take a look at this play.
1: Yeah. It's a
2: clean slot. Joining us from sunny Florida, it seems time every week we we're going to Florida. Last week we had uh, Jason Fraser in Florida. Now we got Dalton Pompey. Do you guys like? Do you ex-Blue Jays, even if you didn't play with each other, do you guys, like, you know, always hook up in Florida together?
1: Uh, I just feel like it's just the place to be right now, man. Like, everything's open here. Uh, it's warm. We got no issues. We got no worries. Um, and also, it's the fact that a lot of us played down here, like, spring training stuff, so it just makes sense for us to be here.
0: Are you making Florida your full-time home now?
1: <clears throat> no, I'm back and forth between Toronto and uh, and here in Florida, like, Clearwater area. Um, I had... I was in Toronto in October, but then they shut everything down. So I was like, there's no real point for me to be here. It's pretty, pretty boring up there. And like, I know stuff's starting to open up now, but it's just, it's just not the same. So it doesn't make sense for me to be there right now.
2: You are heading out to see a Raptors game after this. And uh, you're getting to do something that us in Toronto cannot do right now. Have you been to a game already this year? And if you have, what's the atmosphere like when it's not a full arena?
1: I haven't. I was supposed to go earlier, but then they stopped the fans from coming in for a bit. So it's been like a couple months since they've actually had fans. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure it'll still be fun. Uh, I'm sure the people that are there are going to make noise. And um, I've been to um, I went to a hockey game and uh, the hockey game was kind of like it was not full at all. Like there was a lot of empty seats and there's a lot of rules and stuff you got to follow. But I mean, it's still enjoyable. It's still the same sporting event. still the same. Uh, excitement that you feel no matter what. Um, it's just, like, more precautions are taken, and it's understandable, but it's still a good time. It's still a good time.
2: I'll, I'll share a secret with you, Dalton. It's probably the amount of fans they would get to pretty much any game there.
1: Right, right. No, no, no. <laughs> not, not the Lightning. Not the Lightning. The Lightning are good. They Yeah. They got a good team, so people show up, surprisingly, the, even North Florida.
2: What was it like as a visiting player uh, playing at the Trop? Uh, was it as depressing? Yeah, yeah because... <laughs> Was it just a, more than the fact that it was just empty? Was it just a horrible ballpark to play out of?
1: Uh, yeah, because they didn't really feel like you were playing in a major league game because it was just so empty. I mean, there's maybe like 10,000 people there and like you're playing in a dome and like, I don't know, it just it just doesn't feel like an MLB game. I remember like telling other guys that we all felt the same way. And then you can go to like Yankee Stadium or Boston and it's just it's the polar opposite um obviously uh, you know that Barry, but um going through it and like having my first game there though my my debut there was kind of nice because it kind of just like it just they just got me in there like slowly to the build-up of playing in other stadiums and realizing that uh yeah it's definitely more exciting playing in the big leagues than it is there
0: what's uh is it is it your least favorite major league stadium or is there
1: another one that's that no, no for after? sure it, it has to be the trough it has to be the Trop. I mean the only Pauses i see out of playing there is maybe the taxes you know you don't have to worry about taxes and stuff like that so that's probably it other than that i mean i i have no you know intent on ever wanting to play there or like even if i was a player i don't know if i would even sign there to be honest but it is what it is
2: so what's going on with you baseball wise right now dalton i know that uh, man the the crap that you've had to go through injury wise in your career it just it just sucks uh, how are you doing health wise right now
1: uh, I'm doing really good health wise you know I'm 28 now so I feel the best that I have felt you know pretty much in my whole career I've, I've been able to go to the gym here and work out and do the things I need to do I have still been doing my baseball stuff um, right now in terms of opportunities there's not really many uh, just the circumstances that have happened and you know, I'm cutting minor league teams and like major league teams kind of not really approaching guys that of my ability, more so just worrying about developing their own players, which I understand. Um, it has been a difficult journey for a lot of us. Uh, right now, I'm kind of open to whatever. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to play yet. I'm kind of stuck on the fence. I'm still doing things I need to do. I'm maybe waiting for the right opportunity. To possibly play again but as of right now i'm just keeping the door open i'm staying ready just so i don't have to get ready and uh, you know hopefully the the phone calls you yeah, know we spoke with a number of former blue jays one of whom
0: uh justin smoke is on his way over to japan hopefully soon i think last i heard they're still trying to work out visas and lockdown restrictions but uh is that a potential possibility you maybe heading out east to, to try and play there
1: it is i've I've considered you know asia and stuff like that um it is a little bit more difficult for the way the style of play that i you know the style of game that i have uh being a speed player and whatnot i feel like they have a lot of those out there it's more so like justin smoke and you know these power hitters they're more of a camaraderie uh or a commodity sorry um Mm -hmm. they're they're more in demand and if guys can hit home runs they want to bring those guys in more times than not. But it's not that I'm not open to that opportunity. It's more so that that opportunity hasn't presented itself to me at this moment.
2: Dalton, when you look at the opportunity he had with the Toronto Blue Jays, I know one of the schools of thought is that if, if Dalton was actually given a full opportunity to show what he can do, uh, he'd have you know had a lot more success in a Toronto Blue Jays uniform. Is that something that has kind of haunted you? Since you were a member of the Blue Jays, the fact that you really never had that opportunity to show what you can do over a long period of time?
1: Yeah, yeah, it has. Um, You know, I I went through a lot of stuff uh, with them and a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Um, I I feel like in a way it kind of created like a little bit of trauma for me in a sense that. It was really hard for me to get over it, and I really sat on it and dwelled on it for a long time. I didn't really have the desire to play anymore. The fun out of the game was kind of gone for me. Uh, I didn't want to be there. Um, I felt like I was pouring my heart and soul into something, and I, I just wasn't receiving the same um, feeling back from the team. Uh, when when Alex Anthopoulos was there, I feel like it was there. I had, I had opportunity, and I felt like I was going to gain momentum to getting more opportunities. Um, And then when the, you know, Ross and uh, Mark came, uh, they're really good guys. I just felt like I just wasn't in their plans. I wasn't one of their guys and they kind of treated me as such. And the one thing that I didn't really like, they kind of told me one thing and did another. And, um, you know, all I ever asked for is them to just be honest and be open and just shoot me straight. And I could never get a solid answer um, out of them. So, you know, as the years went on and then, you know, I got hurt a little bit. And then even when I was healthy, I didn't get opportunities it uh, definitely started to wear on me. Um, I had a life coach. Uh, she really helped me um, talk about those feelings that I had, those those incidents that happened, and really try to move forward because I was in my life, I couldn't get over that. I couldn't mentally get and emotionally too get over the fact of how I felt like I was treated, and I view, obviously viewed myself, you know, as as well as anybody, but I wasn't seeing. Uh, the response from the team that I thought that I deserved and even when I played well it wasn't enough they would give me an excuse and then I'd be like okay well why am I doing all this stuff for nothing and like they're not going to trade me they always say they were not going to trade me but they're not going to give me up for free and like excuse me so a bunch of stuff just happened Um, and it really it really just broke me down and uh, it took years honestly it took years for me to get over that. And start to move forward, and I finally felt like in the last couple months that I was I was able to have some breakthroughs and and um, you know move forward with my life without looking back and without thinking like what if?
0: So when you're looking forward <clears throat> at your life, and, and it, it is a sort of a terribly bumpy ride that that you had to endure, and you know whether it, uh, of course being injuries or being you know that that change at that at front office and things out of your control. Um, coming back to the game and kind of looking at it now do you see this as a fresh start and an opportunity just to slough all that off and approach the game in a way that's you
1: know healthier for you more sustainable for you yeah yeah I think too that it really bothered me for a a period of time when you know people would refer to me as a baseball player it got to the point I didn't even want to be looked at as a baseball player anymore I just wanted to be Dolton, the person and worry about my life and you know baseball is what I did it's not who I am and, and I try to communicate that to people but obviously being from Toronto and, and playing on the team then you know people are gonna remember that I was a baseball player but you know being an athlete to me doesn't like turn me on in a sense it doesn't fill my heart with joy more so now I think to okay how can I better my own life how can I become happy and, and move forward in the sense that you know, I'm not going to be an athlete forever. I got to make the most of the opportunities that I have. But how do I, along the, along the way, make the most of my life and my days? Okay, I go to the field from, you know, 2 to 10 p.m. Okay, what am I doing afterwards or before that that fills my life with, with joy and happiness and stuff like that? Because for a while, the game was not – I was not having fun. I was not a happy person. It was a chore to go to the field, um, and I was miserable. But, you know, moving forward, like I said, now I kind of got over those demons and in a way that if I do get an opportunity to play, I think my mindset had changed, will change and has changed. Even last year uh, when I signed with Arizona and I was there in uh, spring training, I wasn't even in major league camp, but I actually enjoyed going to the field every day. I felt like I had an opportunity to start fresh and nobody knew me and I could just go to the field every day and enjoy myself. And then obviously COVID happened and that was kind of like a negative impact on me because I kind of felt like, okay, well, nothing's going right. I can't even, even when I get an opportunity, it just gets taken away from me. But I had to realize that that stuff is out of my control and I can only control what I can control. So um, it helps me um, with my mental state for sure.
2: Dalton, I remember as a rookie when you made the team, you and Devin Travis were roommates and you guys were buddies and you kind of made the team together. And now you look back after all this time your careers in some ways have really mirrored each other. And the fact that you've, you know, had it not been for certain issues that your body had to go through, who knows where you'd be right now. Have you and Dalton, like, have you stayed in touch? Have you had a chance to kind of commiserate with each other? Because you guys have both been robbed of of a lot of really great baseball, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, Devin will always be one of my good friends, uh, just from all the stuff that we went through together. Uh, We spent some time hurt together, played on the field together. Um, you know, everybody knows he's, like, one of the best people in baseball. Like, nobody has anything ever bad to say about that guy. He's always so positive, always rooting for you. Uh, I had the opportunity to see him when I visited um, my brother a couple months ago or, yeah, like, last year, like, late last year. <clears throat> and uh, he lives really close to Devon, so I got to see him. Um, and he's doing good. Like, mentally, he's in a good place. Um, I think he's happy. He's, he's just got engaged to his girls. So, you know, life's kind of changing for him, and he's finishing his school. Um, but I don't really like to bring up baseball stuff with him because I know that, you know, myself and him, like you said, we kind of went through similar things. So I don't know what kind of effect that might have on him, especially, you know, the the fact that if he was healthy, probably could still be playing right now. He was, he was a good player. Uh, but like, like we said earlier, kind of stuff that's kind of out of our control and you just kind of deal with what is and not what if, and it helps you kind of sleep at night.
2: All right, Dalton, uh, we've invited three of our out-of-the-park insiders uh, to join us here today. So before we uh, wrap up today's show, and I know you're getting ready to go see some hoops, are are you you a little disappointed with the Raptors this year, by the way, Dalton?
1: Yeah, I thought they'd play better than they have, but, I mean, it's a tough circumstance, honestly. I don't want to make excuses, but having to play in, like, Tampa and, you know, moving your families around and, uh, obviously they the, they've lost some players, they gain a couple of players, they just haven't really been able to do the things that they need to do. Um, obviously the bar is set high too, thinking about like they two years ago they just won the championship and now they're not even like in a playoff spot. But uh I trust Masai. You know, he he knows what he's doing, and uh, I'm sure the team's gonna be in a competitive um uh, stage in their their with their franchise sooner than later. So
2: all right. All right, we'll begin with Fiona, who is uh, up on the top right corner. Fiona, say hello to Dalton and fire away.
3: Hi, Dalton, nice to meet you.
1: Hi, Fiona.
2: I'm just wondering if you could think back to that wild seventh inning against the Texas Rangers all those years ago, and you slide into home plate and they're talking all about the catcher interference, and I'm just wondering what was going through your mind while they were replaying all of that. Did you think you'd made a clean slide? Were you unsure?
1: Uh, I was, um, I was stressed to say the least. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're coming up in, you know, the minor leagues and even when you're in the big leagues, they always tell you, okay, if you have a chance to break up the, a double play, you got to do it as long as you can do it safely. And when I slid into my full intent was, okay, I want to slide and hit his back leg, just nick his back leg, throw him off balance. So, um, That, you know, he's not going to throw the ball at first or whatever. But I actually ended up hitting his front foot and he did like a whole flip. And then that's the moment where I was stressed because I was like, okay, well, they could make the argument that I went out of the way to hit him. And then it could have been a double play. And then all these thoughts were racing through my mind. But at the end of the day, I knew that I was engaged to the plate. But I just knew that, like, if they would have called him out and me out, then it would have changed the whole complexity of that inning. And I'm just happy that they it didn't it didn't because that that whole thing wouldn't have happened if 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 they reversed the call. So, yeah. Remind me,
2: were yeah. you were you on the roster the year of the uh, Jose Bautista fight in Texas?
1: No, no, I was. In, okay. I was. In...
2: That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But
1: okay. I watched it. I, I was watching <laughs> it and stuff. And we were all we were all we were actually in the airport. We were going. I forget where we were going. We we're going somewhere, but. We saw the fight and like all the guys were like, Man, we gotta get ready. We're all gonna get called up. We're gonna call up the whole Buffalo team to the big leagues because everybody's getting suspended. So it was nuts, though. It was nuts. That was that was a crazy time.
2: Was there a part of you, the Canadian, that grew up probably with hockey on, that thought I'd love to just get into a scrap during a game at some point? Uh
1: I I didn't really like hockey growing up, and I started to like it more as I started to play with guys who played hockey. And then I you know, knew a couple guys who played in the NHL and that I grew up with and stuff like that. Then I grew more of an appreciation for it. Um, but going to the game and watching, you know, like shootouts and them fighting and stuff, it's actually it's 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 a crazy game. Just to think that like they gotta skate with their head up, they gotta move the puck, they gotta pass the puck, and like while somebody's trying to hit them, it's it's tough. It's gotta be tough on their bodies and those guys are definitely built different for sure.
2: All right, Dalton, uh, first of all, Fiona, thank you for your question. We uh, move now to Jody, who's representing the six. Apparently so.
1: That wasn't on purpose. Hi, Dalton. <laughs> hey, how are you? Good, good, good. Um, I wasn't sure what I was going to ask you, but you kind of handed it to me on a silver platter when you were answering Tom's question um, about finding joy. Um, so what is it that that you found now that brings you joy when you don't have the baseball to bring you joy? Um, you know, I just like hanging around with my friends and um also like I really enjoy fishing. I really picked that up with being in Florida and and having the time to myself and just kind of being able to think and just be alone and 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 be in my thoughts but in a positive way and just kind of you know, think back to times of my life that I enjoyed as well, like obviously being in the playoffs. It wasn't all negative being a baseball player uh, or being a baseball player. Um there's obviously good moments and there's bad moments, but I think just the way that life is, we really dwell on the negatives a lot and we don't really d- dwell on what's what's positive in our lives. Um, so with that being said, I tried to turn my thinking around because I realized, you know, through my life coach, she always told me that we control our thoughts, right? Like the circumstances happen. We can't control them, but we can c- control our thoughts and those control our feelings. And then in turn, they control our actions. So if I can control my the way that I think, then I'm going to make myself feel better. So. I just put myself in positions to have those positive thoughts, do things that I enjoy, whether that's going out fishing or going to like an arcade or going out to a nice dinner. Uh, These are all things that, you know, I'm not going to go to in a negative space just because it kind of ruins everything for myself and, you know, the people around me.
2: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jody. And and Dalton, do you think that, once you get to the point where baseball is no longer on your radar, like maybe 10 years from now, where, you know, you, you'll look back a little more fondly on what you accomplished and, and, you know, yeah, you didn't get the long career that you were hoping for, but you made it. You did something that, you know, as, as a young boy, you were probably wishing, you know, one day I'd love it to make it to the major leagues. Is it one of those things as, as time goes by, those memories might become a little bit more positive for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think everybody has those thoughts, no matter how successful you were, you always wonder what if, like, if if it could have been better. Um, But I've gotten better at that, just kind of looking back and just realizing how far I came and um, really being proud of myself in those moments for all the stuff that I did overcome. Um, You know, I was still in professional baseball for 10 years. So there was a lot of things that I went through over that, that, that period of time. And just looking back on like, sometimes, you know, where you you don't get a hit in like five games. Like it's, you make it seem like it's the end of the world, but it's definitely not kind of coming back to reality and realizing that it is just the game. Uh, The game's given me a lot. It's given me a lot of things in my life. Uh, I've met a lot of people, including yourself. Um, So I have a lot to be grateful for and thankful for. So when I think about it like that, it makes me feel a lot better than thinking about, okay, I wish it could have been like this or like that
2: when you look at where you are in your life right now, you're going to see a Raptors game. You're having fun. What are, what are some of the things that you do now that you get other than fishing? Cause fishing is really cool, especially in Florida. You know what? Let me ask you about the fishing. What's the biggest one you've caught?
1: Uh, I caught a bonnet head shark. Uh, like, like November. They're, they're not that big. Um, I actually went with another guy and we were just fishing off the pier too. And just, you know put like a shrimp we we get like the live shrimp but by the time you put them on the hook they're pretty much dead anyways anyways I threw it in I threw it in and um when you catch a fish it could be like maybe one or two pounds but it feels heavy right and you know I I I threw the line in and it wasn't even there for like 20 seconds and this line just takes off and I'm like dude I don't know what's on here but it's got to be big it has to be big like it probably took me like 10-15 minutes to reel it in and like we just wanted to see what it is and like the whole the feeling of fishing is just kind of like it kind of makes me feel like I'm on a baseball field again like the adrenaline in the sense that you get that feeling like you're like in the big leagues up to bat like it's the same because you don't know what it is there's an excitement there but like that's only half the battle you still got to bring the fish up out of the water so i'm i'm fighting with this fish or whatever and we eventually see it come up and he's like dude you have a shark you have to pull it up i was like okay 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 so eventually i bring it up and yeah it's, it looks like like a mini like hammerhead shark if you google like a bonnet head shark um and it was hang on you didn't take you didn't take a picture i did take a picture with it but then i lost my phone ah oh, oh, yeah so I, and I don't back up my phone so it, it is what it is but you do now though right yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. The, the most stressful part about that was the, the shark actually swallowed the line and like the hook. So he's like, are we going to try to get it out? I'm not sticking my fingers in the shark's <laughs> mouth. But, you know, like I had like I had like pliers and stuff and I'm like, luckily, we were able to get it out. But he was like, oh, man, just like put your finger right there. I was like, dude, I'm not putting my finger close to its teeth. So it is what it is. If it's gone, it's gone. But we ended up getting it out. So and then we threw it back. But it was an exciting time for sure.
2: Oh, man. What a time to lose your phone.
1: Yeah, I know. I I should have backed up my phone or sent it to somebody, but I didn't. I just had it on there. Um, But whatever. It is what it is.
2: I lost an iPad in the bathroom at the stadium in Cleveland during the postseason. Did you? I literally, yeah, I went into the bathroom. I didn't want to hold it, so I put it on a sink. I left. I went back about five minutes later. It was gone. So whoever it is has got some really cool stuff on that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if they can even get into it, though. I'm sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, who knows? Anyways, listen. Go enjoy the ball game. Stay healthy. Uh, great to see you, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see you back on a baseball field real soon, sir.
1: Absolutely, Barry. Thanks for having me, and thanks All for right. coming, guys.
2: And there is former Toronto Blue Jay Dalton Pompey and Tom some. Uh, Again, another week and another player with some good, real, honest, raw talk. And it's so good to see that Dalton is, is getting himself on the right path mentally, uh, hiring a life coach and working real hard. And whether he plays baseball again, who knows. Uh, but it was, it was really good to have him air out his piece here.
0: Yeah, it's really becoming a trend from the players that we talk to, some of the ones that are really successful, long career, some of the ones that had the shorter careers, but the ones that we talk to that are doing well and that are really happy all tell us that they learned to be happy and it had very little to do with playing baseball. And, you know, for the players that had happened during their career, they ended up enjoying their career a lot more. But for the players that happened after, you know what? They're still on the right path and it's wonderful to see.
2: And we're going to have another interesting conversation next week with another Canadian who's also a former Blue Jay, Michael Saunders. And we're also in the works of uh, lining up a conversation with one of the the first Canadians, not the first, but one of the first Canadians to play for the Blue Jays, Rob Ducey. So that should be a lot of fun as well. Uh, He had a pretty bad Sky Dome injury, which we'll get into uh, back in the first year of the stadium. And that pretty much railroaded his entire career. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, we are still going to be getting Devin Travis on real soon. And uh, all I'll say is that he'll have some interesting news for us. I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Thomas, for those who want to get in on the Zooms, and for those of you watching the show, you got to see, again, uh, listeners and viewers of our program joining in and asking players in the Zoom. And, and it's such a rare thing. No one does this. We're inviting you. We had a few more people joining in with uh, with Michael Saunders. And each and every week, we invite our insiders to join in on these Zooms. So, Tom, how does one become an insider so they can join in?
0: One goes to patreon.com slash out of the park for $3 a month, $5 a month, $75 a month, if Whatever you so you feel please. Like
2: and it really, Tom... In some ways this is this is even better than just you know seeing a player at the ballpark and asking them for an autograph and they sign your hat or, or your jersey and that's it. You're engaged in a conversation with them. You're part of us, like you're part of this broadcast now, sitting in on this very intimate meeting. This is not five hundred people sitting in and maybe someone gets a question. Everybody that sits in gets to ask a question to the guests. And if you don't want to ask a question, you're welcome to just sit in quietly and, and watch as well. But uh, it's something that we are offering to our OTP insiders and uh, please do your part. Help us support this show and keep watching. Keep listening. Big thank you once again to Dalton Palm Pay. Well, Tom, I'll tell you this. If for some reason a time comes where I say, sorry, Tom, you're just not cutting it anymore. I'm not going to have you on the show. You cannot say that I did not give you a fair shake. You're fired. Tom, thank you so much. (laughs) And to all of you, Thank you so much for making us a part of your week. You've been listening to Out of the Park with Barry Davis. Thanks for joining us.
0: Get home safely and see you next time.